0: Peace. We hear that word and we envision something without conflict. Peace involves that, but there's so much more. Peace is a restored state of wholeness. The birth of Jesus announces the arrival of peace, and the death of Jesus creates peace with God. And when the angels proclaim peace on earth, the shepherds heard what all our hearts long to hear that God is indeed restoring all of it to his original and glorious purposes. So may we experience that kind of peace. It's an invitation to every person and it's here now. Jesus is here now. This is peace. Welcome to Christmas. I love Christmas time. I love the snowfall this week that just blanketed the ground. I love it today. It's sunny. It's still white outside. How many of you love the snow? Yes, a few of you. How many of you are hoping this melts soon? Okay, so it's a battle of prayer now this week. We'll see who wins. Um, this week, you know, with with snow on the ground, of course, on the on the farm, uh, there are some activities to get involved in. So. I'll give you a brief rundown of a couple that we did this week. Uh, one was I was, um, my son Joshua was really excited about the first snowfall. And, you know, we realized that the snow was, was perfect for making snowballs. And so the first day we went outside and, and we're just kind of tossing snow back and forth. And he says, Daddy, if I hit you in the face with a snowball, um, will you give me $5? And so I was like, you know, fair enough. Like, let's, let's do this, right? So... I was a safe distance where I knew he wouldn't hit me in the face. I mean, um, he was about, you know, 20 feet away. For a six-year-old, that's quite the throw. And I have a small head, so um, I, I, I imagined he would not hit me in the face. And, and I was right. He threw the snowball, and it went way over my head. So I quietly celebrated but told him, good try, buddy. Um, then the next time, he took a snowball, and he, he said, can I try again? I'm like, all right, you know, give the kid another chance. So he put the snowball in his hand, and he made a really nice, tight snowball. And he ran up to me and punched me in the face. And he said, now I want my $5. So, smart kid, smart kid. Um, so that was the first activity I had to recover. I, ha- I had a red mark on my chin. I mean, yeah, he's, quite the, he's got quite the right hook, so... Um, then yesterday, I actually, I actually built a sleigh. I, I built a sleigh. I, I took these metal, uh, I found these, there's always stuff you find on a farm. Uh, stuff you didn't buy, but you inherit from the people before. And, and there's always stuff on the farm. So I, I, I took a pallet, like a, a wooden pallet, which was on the farm. I took these four by four posts, which I found on the farm. And we took steel, these long steel runners that I found, like flat plate about ten feet long and I bent the one end and I actually made a sleigh and I was taking my kids on the tractor all over the property on this, on this man-made sleigh and nobody got killed so amen, amen so now of course the kids want more on the sleigh they want these side like things to hold on to in front so we'll, we'll see we'll post something on social media I, I didn't yesterday because I really wasn't sure that all the kids were going to survive so <laughs> I figured I should wait for that um, but it is, it is good to just pause. And, you know, if during the week you're finding that your weeks are busy and you're running around, on Sundays at least, would you try to pause, you know? Try to enjoy the, the time of worship that we have together, the time of community, and really this time of peace today, which. We hope that we wouldn't just sing about peace. We hope that we wouldn't just share a word about peace. We wouldn't just light a candle of peace. But our hope really through the Christmas season is that you would encounter God. That you would be at peace. That you would sense the peace of God. You know, we're not meant to just sing about it, light a candle, and talk about it. The Prince of Peace means that he rules a kingdom of peace, it means when God is with us, Emmanuel, we should be at peace. Not a peace absence from conflict as Rose talked about in that video. Not a peace just when we're on vacation in Hawaii. Not a peace when things are going really, really well. But a, but a peace that passes understanding. And that's the kind of peace I want to talk about today. Finding peace can come from remembering God's promises, remembering what God has said over our lives, experiencing God's presence, and or repentance. You know, we are sometimes not at ease or at peace because we forget God's promises. We're not experiencing God's presence. Or sometimes we're just doing things that we need to turn from. We need to live differently. And so I want to highlight these three areas this morning. Turn with me to Luke chapter one, verse 26 to 33. Our first point I want to highlight this morning is to remember God's promises. And this is the encounter that Gabriel has with Mary. You have found favor with God is our first point. How many of you believe that the favor of God is for you? Oh, well, I'll take all the rest of that favor out there because I only saw about five hands. The favor of God is for you. His blessings are for you. His peace is for you. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, if you remember just last week, we were looking at the book of Isaiah 700 years before this moment, the Lord was speaking to Isaiah, was speaking to him for the nation of Israel. And we read in Isaiah seven, That a virgin would give birth miraculously to the Messiah. We read in in Isaiah chapter 9 that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. And then we move ahead 700 years and this is the moment. This is the moment that Gabriel will speak to Mary and will say, Mary, this is that moment. This is that moment that people have been looking forward to, hoping and dreaming about for hundreds and hundreds of years. This is the moment, Mary, and you are the one chosen. You are the favored one. Mary is in the family line of David, chosen by God to give birth to the Messiah, Have you ever been asked by God to do something really difficult? Have you ever been chosen by God to do something far beyond your ability? Mary was part of this story that God was dreaming up to restore humanity. You know, Mary was called to give birth to God's dream. Mary was was called to deliver Messiah but more than that to deliver hope to deliver peace to deliver joy to deliver love Mary was not responsible for conceiving the dream Mary was not responsible for conceiving the Messiah Mary was not responsible for creating the hope, but she was responsible to deliver it. God has placed dreams within you, destiny within you, promises within you, prophetic words within you, hope within you, peace within you, joy within you. God has placed these things within you, not for you to conceive on your own, not for you to dream up on your own. It's his job to dream in you. It's his job to speak over you. It's his job to speak into you, but it's your job to deliver it. Mary had to say yes. Mary was afraid, fearful, I mean, here's a young woman engaged that would be pregnant, not really celebrated. See, she was called to say yes, that in the midst of this fear, God would give her peace. Many times in my life, I am experiencing both fear of the Lord and peace that passes all understanding. Sometimes we think these are separate, that if I'm at fear, I'm not at peace. If I'm at peace, I experience no fear. But then the fear of the Lord actually comes with peace. And the reason for that is that God, is, God will create within us a dis-ease with our life until we find and fulfill the promise that he has over our life. In other words, until we give birth to that destiny, until we give birth to that promise, we will be at dis-ease. We will be out of peace. Sometimes finding peace is finding our calling and living out our calling. Have you ever wanted to stay home on a Sunday morning? Yeah? Those at home, I'm I'm not ragging on you. Have you ever wanted to stay home on a a rainy Sunday night? Have you ever wanted to not go on that missions trip? Have you ever wanted to not go to that prayer meeting? We've been there, right? What happens in those moments? You ever wrestle with God? Man, I don't want to go out tonight. I don't want to go to church this morning. There's There's like half an inch of snow out there. I could die on the way up there. It's not like I have reindeer in my backyard like Joel. It's like we have this dis-ease. And what happens when we, when we actually realize that God is telling me I gotta go to church this morning, when we overcome that and we show up, we find Peace. See, sometimes dis ease or lack of peace is not a sign that God isn't in it. In fact, sometimes it means he is in it. And the enemy plays on your mind because he doesn't want you to step out in faith, he doesn't want you to deliver destiny. The enemy's perfectly happy with dreams that are locked up in the night. The enemy is perfectly happy with dreams locked up in the night while we're sleeping. What he doesn't like is when we wake up and we turn dream into vision. What he doesn't like is when we say yes to God, yes to his promises. When we live out the calling of God upon our lives? Mary said yes. Some of us here think that we're past expiry. We think that word that we carried in our hearts for years and years, that's not for us. We heard wrong. God can't use me because I'm I'm full of whatever, I'm full of sin, I'm full of guilt, I'm full of shame, I'm full of my past, and and God can't use me. And, And some of us have been carrying around these unborn babies of destiny within us, knowing full well that it was God who impregnated our spirits with dreams You're not responsible to create the dream, but you are called to deliver the dream and to turn that dream into vision. Sometimes we want peace without the process, sometimes we want favor without the fear of the Lord. But God will leave you restless. Because we find peace in fulfilling the promises that God has spoken over our lives. Are you restless with a God dream in your heart? Our second point is that the Most High will overshadow you. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Mary's so logical. I'm logical too. I often look at my ability. I look at my circumstances. I look at my own strength and I think, can I do that? But it's right in that moment when we ask this this first question, how will this be? That's a great starting point for God to do something supernatural in our lives. for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. She starts with how will this be? And she ends up with let it be. She starts in the flesh. How is this possible? And she ends up being let it be. Now, now she doesn't just say, let it be. She says, let it be according to your word. The word there for word is the word rhema. Let it be according to your spoken word. Let it be according to your spoken word. Nothing will be impossible with God. The word for nothing is actually the word no rhema. No spoken word. The meaning is that no word spoken by God is, is no word spoken by God cannot come to pass. In other words, God's word Contains in it power. God's word contained in it has creativity. God's word contained within it has ability. Mary understands this. That's why she says, let it be according to your spoken word. In other words, God's spoken word creates his Rama, his spoken word, brings life to death, possibilities to impossibilities. His spoken word into Elizabeth moved her from barrenness to giving birth to John. Mary was just a virgin, but God's spoken word over her life created life. She carried the son of God within her. She gave birth to God. This is so impossible. And it begins with this. She was overshadowed by the Most High. She was overshadowed by the Most High. In other words, God was with her. The Holy Spirit was overshadowing her. This picture of the Holy Spirit overshadowing or hovering reminded me of creation. In Genesis 1-1, we read, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And it says this, The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We might find ourselves in an impossible situation. We might find ourselves in in darkness. We might find ourselves in a situation where we feel barren. We might find ourselves like creation in this darkness. There's no form. There's there's just this void out there. There's no shape to my life. There's, There's nothing happening. And in this moment of creation, it says, but the spirit hovered. The spirit hovered over this darkness. The word for hovered is, is a mother hen that, that broods over eggs. Have you ever seen that? We see that every day. These hens, they get all excited and they, they lay eggs and then you, you get these hens, they get broody and their, their feathers fluff up and they, they, they sit on top of these eggs and then they get angry. And they peck at you when you try to get those eggs from them. But this idea of a hen who's broody and hovering is what the spirit was doing over darkness. It's what the spirit was doing over void. It's what the spirit was doing over nothing. The spirit was hovering The Spirit was hovering because eventually the Lord would say, let there be light. And over this darkness and over this barrenness and over this death, the Lord created light. The same Holy Spirit that hovered over this darkness hovered over Mary, hovered over Elizabeth. And when the Holy Spirit hovers, and he speaks, he creates. And some of us are here this morning, and we need the Spirit to hover over us, to breathe new things into life, to breathe a light into the darkness. And right now in this moment, because some of us are doubting that, some of us are doubting that the Spirit can use us or some of us haven't heard the Lord say something over our lives. And I, I want us to pause for a moment in this moment and just say, Holy Spirit, would you hover over me? Holy Spirit, would you overshadow me? And speak life where there was death. Speak light into my darkness. Maybe you're here this morning and you've had other people say other things over your life. You can't do that. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You'll never have children. Maybe you've had other things spoken over your life and those things are the things that are are repeating themselves in you and you think I'll never get to this, I'll never get to that, I can never do what God has called me to because I'm believing these other things spoken over me. In this moment, we just silence the lies and the things that are in darkness, we leave in darkness and we say over your life, let there be light. Let there be life. For no thing, no spoken word of the Lord is impossible. And lastly, and I felt Rose started to bring us into this, we speak life over one another. We have this this scene where Zechariah prophesies over his son John. In Luke chapter 1 verse 76 to 80. And John, who would be called John the Baptist, he wasn't really a Baptist at all. That was a joke. Now I know why in those uh, those shows on TV, why they have like applaud or laugh or it's just a cue to help. Um, but John the Baptist was was kind of a wilderness wanderer prophet who wore... A coat of camel's hair and ate locusts and honey. But Zechariah prophesies over his son. And I love this because it's a beautiful way to show how fathers should be prophesying over their children. Speaking promises over our children, speaking the voice of the Lord over our children, blessing our children. Just for a moment, men, fathers, do you speak blessing over your Sons and your daughters, your grandchildren. Zechariah does. The Lord speaks through Zechariah and he says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to, guard our, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Here is Zechariah and the Lord is speaking to him and he's speaking over his son. He's prophesying the promises over his son saying that he's going to be the voice of one that goes before the Lord to prepare the way for the Lord. His son is gonna be someone that speaks about salvation, about the light of the world coming. That in the midst of darkness, in the midst of the shadow of death, He will speak about Jesus, who will guide humanity's way in a way of peace. I pray that Northside would be a place that hears God. I pray that this house would be a place that hears God. That we would hear God for each other. That we'd come to church and, and whatever it is that we're going through, whatever it is that's happening in our lives, this would be a safe place to come and to hear God through each other. That we could speak these promises over our lives. We need encouragement. The word repentance here, because John's ministry would be defined as a ministry of repentance, and the word repentance is the word metanoia. It means a change of mind. It means that our minds would be changed to a different direction. And what happens when we change our mind, do you know what happens to our lifestyle? It changes. Our direction changes. So many times repentance is looked this way. I'm walking in this direction and I repent. I turn from my ways and I walk in a different direction. Often this repentance will be I'm walking away from God and I choose to turn toward God and walk toward him. That turning of direction in lifestyle, that turning of direction in our words, that turning of direction in our actions comes with a changed mind. And there's a difference between repentance and forgiveness. Forgiveness is what God does. We come to him in our darkness. We come to him in our sin. We come to him in our shame and in our guilt. And we come before him and we come to the cross and we say, Jesus, would you forgive me? And he washes us clean and we are forgiven. But being forgiven doesn't mean we've changed directions. Have you ever been forgiven but not changed the way you've lived? Okay, well, I have. And forgiven is what God does for me. But sometimes I keep struggling. Sometimes I keep trying to overcome and I keep needing forgiveness. And every time I need forgiveness, he is always there to forgive, right? But repentance is what I do. I change the way I live. I turn toward Christ and I follow Christ in my life. I don't just ask for forgiveness every day and keep doing the same thing. So repentance, and that's why we find peace. We find peace because repentance is we change the way we live. We follow Christ day by day. And as we follow after Jesus, we're close to the Prince of Peace. (laughs) We're close to Jesus. We're thinking like Jesus. We begin acting like Jesus. We begin talking like Jesus. And the natural result of that is what? Peace. But we can't get peace if we keep doing the same thing over and over again and hoping that forgiveness is going to just bring us peace. You have peace spiritually with God through forgiveness of sins, but peace in our life, not experiencing the consequences of our actions, it requires more than forgiveness. It requires repentance. You know, some of us are, are here today and we've, we've actually never fully been forgiven of God and repented. And some of us have been forgiven, but we haven't repented. We still gossip, we still lie, we still cheat our taxes. We still watch things that we know the Lord doesn't want us watching. All of us have things we still need to repent of. Forgiveness is what God does, repentance is what I do. And John's, Baptism, the baptism of repentance is a washing of the sin. But when you come out of the tank of baptism, you live differently. And I believe that repentance, repentance will lead to inner peace. There are things I know in my life that I'm forgiven of, that's, that's at the cross. But there are still things I need to repent of. Are there things that maybe you need to repent of? The Lord has so much for us. The Lord has these promises for our life, these dreams he wants us to deliver. The Lord has destiny for each one of us. The Lord has peace. I mean true inner peace. And if we would turn from and toward and we would change our thinking, we'll find inner peace. I'd like to invite the worship team to come up and we're, we're gonna move into a time of communion and this is a time with you and Jesus, a time for you to bring yourself before him and to say to him, Lord, search me. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. <laughs> well, Father, we come before you and we come to you in, in awe that you were born like us, in awe that Mary carried you from conception to delivery. And as unbelievable as that is, I, I feel that there are things that you've spoken over our lives that we think are unbelievable. Unbelievable. But nothing is impossible with you, God. There are things that you have spoken or things that you are speaking or things that you're going to speak over our life that seem impossible. But nothing you say is impossible. And Father, for those of us this morning that are are under the weight of a life lived that is not following after you, Jesus. We come to you for repentance, to turn from thought patterns, lifestyle issues, things that we say, things that we think, things that we feel, things that we do, this morning Lord may this time of communion be a time of turning toward you Jesus of of transformation of deliverance Bible says that Jesus took the bread. And if you would take the wafer in your hand for a moment. And in this wafer is the presence of Jesus Christ. Bible says that Jesus took it and by taking the bread he took himself and he said this is my body and it says that he broke it he broke it signifying that he himself would be broken signifying that he himself would be shared signifying that he himself would be common in our union common in our unity that we would all eat from the same bread the body of Jesus Christ this is my body which was broken for you and then he said take and eat in remembrance and so we we take Jesus of your body and we take it in remembrance of you. And we thank you that your peace is here. God with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the bread together. says in the same way he took the cup it was a different cup than this one but we'll go with this the reason it was so different from this one is that it was one cup it was one cup because we are one one cup The journey of repentance doesn't have to be alone. It can be together. We can follow Jesus together. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I said we can follow Jesus together. Amen. Because we are at one table. With one Savior. With one speaker of rhema with one dream giver with only one that hovers only one that overshadows only one that impregnates in the spirit only one he is the only one and after supper Jesus took the cup and he said this cup this is a little different from the other cup this is a new covenant It's a new covenant because no longer would you sacrifice animals for the remission of sin. No longer would you have atonement because of animal sacrifice. Jesus said, no, this this is the last sacrifice required. This sacrifice, this covenant, this commitment is in my blood. Jesus said, my blood. Us in this cup is healing. In this cup is forgiveness of sins. In this cup, Lord, there are promises, destiny, dreams. In this cup, Jesus, there is peace. And I pray that now, as we drink together as a community, Jesus, that we would drink of that peace, that wholeness, that healing, that restoration. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. together and as we do I pray that you would experience the the very real presence and peace of God